Welcome to Mindful Talk, brief conversations about mindfulness in the workplace and at home. I am your host, Lauren Wessinger. And I'm your host, Misty Anderson. And this podcast is brought to you by The Mindful Project. The Mindful Project helps you elevate the culture of your business by bringing mindfulness practice to you and your staff through in-person and virtual learning. Contact us through our website, themindfulproject.co, for more information. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, Misty and I are talking about the topic of forgiveness, which we realize is a very large, long topic. And we're going to do our best today to talk about forgiveness, both of self and of other and the way we can in 25 minutes. So we'll see how it goes. It is a big topic. And I think about some people in my life that have been in my life for all my life that I have to constantly think of and remember forgiveness and remind myself I forgave that person and that I need to let them move forward and I need to let our relationship move forward. So it can linger for a really long time. Um, and I'm like you said about the self-forgiveness um, when you do something, you know, and just this morning, my daughter was I just hit that breaking point where I popped and I yelled and I just, I beat myself up and then they got on the bus. And then I said, you know what, Misty, you're a mom and things got hairy and stuff happens. You just need to forgive yourself because you're a human. Just like I tell her when she messes up, you messed up. You're a human. Like I try to tell myself that same thing, but self-forgiveness real hard. Self-forgiveness is so hard. There's a a quote I have. We talked about forgiveness a couple months ago in mindfulness teacher training. And this quote stuck with me. It kind of like, you know, sometimes you hear a quote that kind of slaps you in the face. (laughs) It was one of those. (laughs) It's from Charlotte Joko Beck. She's a Zen teacher. And she said, our capacity to know joy is directly related to our capacity to forgive. And I thought, oh my gosh, like how much we hide behind blame and inability to forgive and how much that really holds us back from, from joy and connection and contentedness. That's a really powerful, and it's true too. I mean, I think about the times that I've kind of lost my joy. It was usually sometimes me holding myself back, either me or a relationship with someone else that I just wouldn't forgive. Right. Right. And, you know, forgiveness, I think a really important aspect of forgiveness, whether it's of ourselves or of others is to know that forgiveness doesn't mean we are saying the behavior was okay. You know, it's not saying I accept what you did to me, or I accept what I did to myself, or I will let that happen again. It's not that. And I think that's maybe why we hold on and can't let go and can't move toward forgiveness because we think, oh, if I forgive that person, it's saying what they did to me is okay. No, it's not that. It's saying I release you from from blame and I release myself from holding this in my heart. And 
I'm going to take whatever action needs to be taken so that you don't do that again to somebody else. You know what I mean? That's so true. Um, I think it's really hard oftentimes when I'm trying to forgive myself about something to take a step back and not blame myself and like use the word blame. And it's such a, it's, it's a powerful word too, because it's really easy to just throw it off on somebody else. And then that lack of forgiveness just slows your whole journey down when in fact you could get rid of it. You know, I feel like letting go of some of that and forgiving and forgiveness lets go of a big weight that can sometimes physically bring you down. And that's how I felt for many years from some relationships in my past. But once I finally forgave those people and then looked at them, and this was really hard, looked at them as humans and that while what they did to me was terrible, they are human. They've paid the price. They've asked for forgiveness. We all should move on and extremely hard. And those are big tap situations, but they go all the way down to the little ones. The little ones like yelling at your kid this morning can sit with you in your body for a really long time. And so it's easier. I feel like to just blame it. Like, oh, she was acting this way. So I'm just going to blame it on her. No, that was me. That was me. And I lost control in that moment and I'm human and I will forgive myself. Um, and I'm really glad we're talking about this this morning because now I already feel better. <laughs> it's so funny how whatever topic we're talking about, something for either one of us just happened. Around I know, right? That was literally <laughs> maybe an hour ago. I mean, one thing you can do in that moment, like say you're in the car, you're at home and that happens, you could put your hand on your chest like somebody that really loves you would place their hand on your back, you know, a comforting hand. And you could just say, I, I forgive myself, you know, just some kind of word that softens the action that you took that you're feeling pretty crummy about, but just taking a moment and saying, I accept what I did. I'm tired. I was reactive. I apologized. I forgive myself and just kind of move on, you know, that's really beautiful. I like the like the touching aspect of, I do that a lot when I breathe, but right. you're right. Like that physical, like it makes you soften and remember, like, it's all okay. You, you mess up, you make mistakes. Totally. And maybe if you're in a place where you can do that, you could put your hand on your chest right now, because I think the touch is important and the quality. So it's not like a flimsy, like nothing touch with your fingertips, brushing your, your sternum, you know, it's like, putting your whole hand right over the center of your chest and putting some decent pressure, like feel your fingertips, feel the warmth of your hand. It's like a hand that's saying, I've got you and you're doing a good job and everything's okay. Even though you just yelled at your kid. <laughs> it's really powerful. And so those little bitty tools throughout that help me. And because otherwise I think without mindfulness and paying attention to that, I think a lot of those little things that happened to me would pile up and just like, you know, the garbage bin, like the, you're going to eventually spill over. And so I was able to like empty it really fast today. So when she comes home today, she will have also more than likely let it go and we just will move on and it's been emptied. And I always like, I've, I've actually used that analogy with my kids before, like taking out the trash, like you need to go and speak to your sister about 
this thing that happened because you two have some stuff going on. I'm not going to tell you what to say. You need to clean out the trash. And she knows that that means apologizing and saying what she did wrong and how they can just you know make it better or fix it next time. Yeah. Otherwise I love that. I'm going to use that with my kids. I love it. Otherwise it's like, if you use the analogy of the trash, the trash is sitting there festering and rotting and then turns into a whole nother gross thing, you know? Yeah. And then you got fruit <laughs> flies and the whole right. thing. Yeah. No, it's really garbage in garbage out. I tell them yeah. that too. And that's true of this stuff. You know, if you don't get that stuff back out, it's just going to sit there in your body. Forgiveness is a really heavy one for me that does. I can feel it when I need to let go of that. And so I think that's why I keep going back to that about it making me feel really heavy. And I wonder, do you feel like if you have a fight or something like that and you feel like, you know, you need to forgive or do you feel like kind of stuck and heavy? Yeah, just, I can feel it in my stomach. It just feels Mm -hmm. like, like my stomach is churning and my energy is tight, that inner contracted feeling, you know what I mean? Where your mind is tight and your body's tight and it just feels awful. It just feels so awful. Um, I think something you said, I'm going to read a super short story about people being human, you know, like we're in this cancel culture right now where somebody does one thing, it goes public. And therefore that person is like banished. You know, I know that's a really simplified way of saying it, but I think we have to remember that humans are really complicated. It is never black and white. And, and I know some things, yes, right. There's degrees of everything, but, but there's humanity underneath every action, you know, all behavior is a form of communication in some way. So just so I credit the right person, this is something that Tara Brock meditation teacher, well-known, she teaches this little story often. So there's a person walking in the woods. They see a little dog under a tree. And of course the initial response is, oh, what a cute little dog, you know, and the person goes over to pet it, but the dog lurches at them with its fangs bared, like super ferocious. And they go from being friendly towards this little dog to saying like, oh, bad dog, angry dog. And then they see that the dog's paw is caught in a trap. And there's that shift again to, oh my gosh, this poor dog. And it's not like this person's necessarily going to go try to get close in and get bit because the dog is really in fight or flight. But the person's heart changed again when they saw that there was underlying circumstances to the behavior. And I think it's such a good metaphor for like this morning, whatever caused you to be reactive toward your daughter, there was something underneath it. And maybe you'll know, and maybe you won't know, but underneath every action we do is a lot of life lived and a lot of emotion and a lot of complication. And I think when we can start to see, see somebody's humanity, we just mostly for our own selves, we soften inside and we're not so bound up by blame and anger and all of that. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Okay. So Lauren and I have been discussing my oldest daughter has been going through some bullying on the bus and I'm not going to cry because we've taken (laughs) care of the situation. So it's okay. But let me tell you about this little girl and what I observed into what you're just saying. So 
throughout her little life of eight years, when things like this have happened or she's encountered somebody being mean, I've often said, not in the heat of it, of course, because in the heat of it, you know, like we need to talk through it and I want your side. But later I've explained, like, what do you think's going on at that little girl's home? Do you think that little girl maybe is having like a fight with her mommy and daddy, or maybe her daddy's been working long hours or whatever. So we kind of discussed that stuff. Well, last year she had a bully that was taunting her on the bus. And when I say bully, I'm talking four eyes and you're stupid and, you know, things like that, not physically hurting her as of yet. Um, And so she told the teacher, the teacher told the principal because it had gone on long enough. The principal took the little boy to the office and Ella, my daughter, happened to see that little boy being brought out of the principals and he was crying and it just broke her heart. And so that day she happened to get a treasure box reward from her teacher and she got this treasure, which is a big deal in her world. And she gets on the bus that day and she sees this little boy sitting there very sad because he's gone to the principals and she goes over and she sits with him and she tells him that it's okay. And she forgives him. And then she gave him her little treasure toy and she gets off the bus and she tells me this. And I'm like, and she said, I just didn't want him to feel bad about it and beat himself up because it was really okay. And he said he was sorry. and He got in trouble. That's all it should be. And I was like, gosh, you were so right. So fast forward to this year, this little girl that's been taunting her is a little more aggressive. She's also older and there's been some potential physical exchanges. And so that, you know, had a different scenario for me. I'm like, okay, I, I want to believe in everybody's backstory, but I also want you to be safe. And so she came home and I asked her what happened on the bus. She said, everything was fine. My five-year-old later then came and told me what happened. And she didn't want to tell me because later she said, I didn't want her to get in trouble because I think that she's going through something at home. And you told me sometimes people react this way when things are difficult for them at home. And I was just like, oh, (laughs) yay, yay. Like if everybody in this world can start that type of mindfulness in their children when they're adults, I, I think Ella will be able to see things from other people's perspective. And that slows everything down and it makes it not so um, just aggressive and in your face. It's more about like, you're human. I'm human. We don't have to be friends, but I have an appreciation for that. You're having some life stuff and we've had life stuff too. So we're just going to sit apart and be fine with each other. And that's what they're doing now. Because I did explain to her, I was like, you can't just try to go be your friend and give her toys. Cause I don't think that's what she wants. Um, but the moral of the story is, is like, it's really that simple to, stick up for yourself and take care of the situation, but also to see it from somebody else's perspective and understand that they're human and they're going through something. That's so incredible. If we could just take lessons from the kids sometimes, you know what I mean? And they just don't hold grudges like we do. They just don't. I'm, I'm not sure what that's about. They just haven't had as much life experience or something, but they are more wise than so many adults in this country. I mean, I, every day my kids do something where I'm like, you are so much more wise than I am child. Right. I tell her all the time. I'm like, I learn from you so much. Like that. I, and when that happened, I said, 
I'm so proud of you. I wish that more adults would recognize and do what you're doing. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to continue to do that because that's how people learn from that. That's what mindfulness is. You practice, you do your practice. Others will see that and it will rub off on them. She's like, okay, mom. Well, she's also showing those kids a different way of being, you know, deep down Yeah. other than people that are, are, um, that really have something going on psychologically, you know, but yeah. for the general population deep down, I think we forget that our deepest longing is not to harm, you know, for, for regular functioning people, our, our deepest harming is not our deepest longing is not to harm. Our deepest longing is for connection. And sometimes that longing for connection comes out in ways that we just didn't intend. If you're a child, it's just unskilled and not knowing what to do. I mean, kids' brains are barely developed at that age, you know? And so if we look at a lot of that behavior as, as just longing for connection, it really brings a softening. Um, they obviously get it wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but um, there's very few people in this world who have an intent to deeply harm somebody. You know what I mean? And I think that the news tells us otherwise and certain politicians tell us otherwise, but it's not true in the, in the big picture of humanity. It's not true that people want to harm other people and that's all they care about. Yeah. I, I know people who hold on to things like traffic stuff, right. you know what I mean? Like yes. someone cut them off in traffic and they'll hold on to it for a couple of days that sits inside of you and it stews. And then what happens is back to the garbage. You've got garbage festering in there. And so you're just going to put some more in and it's, it's not a good scenario. And it's like, it all stems from traffic. You know, I think a good practice is when you notice that that is full, like you're putting garbage in, it's time to take the trash out. So look at where, who is in your life. Maybe it's you that you need to forgive because there probably is somebody. And even if it's somebody in your life, that's like a long time ago, because I had those and I'm like, it's fine Took care of therapy, you know, in my twenties, that's buried. No, that's not the case. It's in you and it will eventually come out. So if you have things that you need to move on from and forgive, man, it's a really nice relief. And a really, even if that person is no longer in your life, it can help you move forward, which is, a, I mean, a huge step. It's a huge step. And forgiveness can be tricky because it's kind of a double-edged sword of forgiving when you're ready, because sometimes we're just not ready. And that's actually fine. Yeah. It's part of the healing process to not be able to let go of that on someone else's timeline. And we do have to eventually let go of some of this stuff, you know? So it's like, I think each case is unique. We'll talk about grief in another episode, but it's the same thing. Like the timeline that matters is yours. And you definitely don't want to let stuff fester too long. There's that quote. I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's a, a Buddhist quote, but so many of us heard, have heard it. It's um, holding a grudge is like allowing somebody to live rent-free in your head right? How much space that takes up forgiveness is for you as the person who has been hurt. I mean, yes, it matters because it ripples out and, and all of that matters to the healing of the world, but 
you're letting yourself off the hook when you forgive, because if you're holding this thing in your mind, this person is living in your mind, that person probably doesn't even know it is not affecting their life at all. And so even though they're the one that harmed you, if this is, if we're talking about forgiveness of other, you're the one still holding on, you're the one that's actually continuing to harm. You know what I mean? So sometimes you have to take a hard look at like, what am I doing? Like, I don't want to hold on to this. This my life is too short to hold on to this crap, you know? It's exactly true. And that's what I I had a big, I think it was my 30th birthday. And I was in therapy and, you know, just like monthly therapy for healthy reasons. And I had some people that just were weighing on me and some things I just never let go of. And um the funny thing was when we had the discussion, they had no idea that it was even a thing to me. And at first I was really hurt, but then I was like really mad at myself. Like, gosh, dang it, Missy, you hold on for that for a long time. And they didn't even care. So it was just like you said, it was only me that was affected. Um, and so I like the living rent free in your mind. That's exactly true. Cause it can often take up a lot of room. A lot, like more than anyone cares to admit that much room. There's a Lily Tomlin quote that I love. She says, forgiving forgiveness means giving up all hope for a better past, which I love because I think a lot of times we're holding on to our anger or our blame because we wish things were different, but we can't change the past. And so giving up hope for a better past is really the essence of forgiveness. It's moving toward acceptance of what happened. Doesn't mean you have to like it. Doesn't mean you condoned it, but it's a thing that happened, you know? And so just seeing that for what it is and trying to move on as best you can, it's a hard process. You know, sometimes for me, it's been simply the passage of time and doing some things, honestly, with Kundalini yoga and cutting cords and all of that, it gets pretty out there, but, um, it's helped a lot of writing and then burning pages, a lot of fire ceremony, um, and a lot of just honestly getting sick of myself sometimes, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just getting sick of it. <laughs> no, I trust me. I get it. And I'm sure there's listeners that are like, oh my gosh, yes, Lauren, I get it. Right. Well, I really enjoyed this conversation. Do you have any like little homework for forgiveness? I would say to get really honest, if there's something that you're holding on to, we can easily hide behind the blame and feel so righteous in our anger and in our blame. But remember that all of these practices of mindfulness, most styles of meditation, definitely yoga are about, are about protecting our own state of mind. And part of that protection of our own state of mind is forgiving others and forgiving ourselves for being human. Um, my restorative yoga teacher, Judith Lassiter, she has this phrase and she says, oh, how human of me, <laughs> you know? So just letting yourself off the hook and, oh, how human of me to be holding on to my anger. And the first step is just shining some light on something that needs to be released. Um, placing your hand over your heart, telling yourself it's okay to start to let go. doesn't mean you agree with anything, but it means you can start to find some freedom. I love that. She's a great teacher. I love her as a restorative teacher. 
Well, thank you so much. I'm going to, I still have some, you know, like forgiveness for myself. I think I'm going to go and put my hand on my heart and meditate after this, just to let it go about this morning. But I always appreciate our talks and I hope everybody's doing well and we will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to Mindful Talk. We don't take it lightly that you spent your time listening to our podcast, and we are forever grateful. If you'd like to support the podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Welcome to a more mindful way of living and working.